full of crazy people. Bad things happen in cold countries. Yeah, stay back in America. It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. Yeah. Unless you go to the mall or a school. Yeah, you want to stay out of the grade schools. Please do. Am I talking really loud or is this normal? Uh, it sounds okay to me. All right. Hello. Maybe a little it's a loud. Little loud. Yeah, I'll back what, off then. What, it's hard to what, tell with what? these earbuds. Mm-hmm. Listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, which we will spoil, and recently watched, which we will maybe also spoil. Um, we are just four friends hanging out, talking about a horror movie. We're not professional critics. We don't claim to be. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find their music on Amazon or iTunes, where you can buy it digitally. I said iTunes. It's Apple Music, right? I believe so. Uh, I'll eventually make my way over to their way of thinking. Um, that's kind of housekeeping, isn't it? I think so. Cool. So we're here to talk about Midsummer. In the winter. In the winter, which we should be talking about, you know, getting our uh, Wintry 3 yeah. lined up. But uh, that'll happen eventually. In time for spring. Yeah, in, just in time. Um, so um, it's Women in Horror Month. Eugenia, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I didn't expect to be be back so soon. <laughs> but you couldn't resist with this movie. No, uh, this movie was too good and too in my wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, she loves the folk horror. Yeah, the folk horror and um, the supernatural. That well, you know, I don't know. Maybe not all folk horror is supernatural. I, I listened back to the uh, Atlantics episode so I could hear her. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Her guest appearance. Yeah. I missed it. That was, that was a good episode. And I'm glad you're back. So Women in Horror Month, um, we've got a movie where the, arguably the heroine of the movie is, um, maybe our main character is the woman. Yeah, I think, I think Danny's the main character in mm-hmm. this. I would like to think that's the case. I, I think that's. Yeah, I don't know who else could be. Who else I mean, could be? It's, she's goes on a whole arc. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. <laughs> so, um, before we get into that, though, let's talk about Recently Watched. Who wants to start? Uh, well, I'll start. We watched, um, since we watch everything together pretty much, uh, we've been watching season three of Sneaky Pete. Oh, yeah, that's back. Yeah, well, it was back for a while, but we didn't get around to it. We're only now getting around to it, so. Oh, okay. Because there's too much TV. (laughs) And I think we tried it uh, when it first came back, and for some reason, sometimes if I'm not in the mood for a certain show or mood of a show, it just doesn't work. And I tried to watch it when it first was released, and I couldn't do it. It I couldn't get into it. Um, And the main actor's a Scientologist. (laughs) Is he? I think so. Giovanni Ribisi? Yeah, I believe he is. Really? Giovanni? Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, I, think I think so. Well, I mean, I don't know much <clears throat> about him other than his name, and he's in a show I like, so. Yeah. Yeah. And he was oh. Phoebe's brother and friends. He oh, was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Friends. But now I'm glad we've come back to it because I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, it's working for me this time. It's working for yeah. me right now. Yeah. And I think that's about it. I think so too. I haven't, we haven't been watching all that much. No, no, not really. So, um, 
Jolien, do you want to go next? Do you have uh, a good list? Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've got to catch up on uh, cat horror movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cat horror movies? Yes, because we... So when, we're going to decide at one point what's the best cat horror movie. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, so I've got to see <clears> them. <throat> um, so I watched uh, The Uncanny, which is a cat-based horror anthology. <laughs> yes. This sounds like a, um, a an upcoming show theme. Yeah, because like uh, you know, cat people obviously right at the top, but um, yeah, we we were, and I, I really want to see cats as well. So uh, yeah, so we're going to do a uh, what what did you call it? A ca- catastrophe. <laughs> a catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, cat uh, cat horror movie episode at some point. Oh, but anyway, all right. Um, yes, yeah, the uncanny this is uh, 1977. Uh, this was released through a rank organization, but it's got. Uh, one of the producers is Milton Sabotsky. You'll know as one of the guys who did the Amicus anthologies. Okay. Um, this is a Canadian-UK production. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the best of both worlds. Um, <clears throat> this has got uh, Peter Cushing, and he stars as an uh, author of books on UFOs and pyramids and Ooh, that sort of all stuff that stuff we like. You're into any big, uh, any bigfoots? Big <laughs> uh, he hasn't got to Bigfoot yet. He's, <clears throat> he's into into Poorfoots. Mm. Uh, his, his next book is gonna is based on the premise that cats are evil, and he wants to prove to the world that cats are the enemies of mankind. Evil? I I would say indifferent at best. <laughs> I don't know why no? I never get to meet these evil and or indifferent cats. I'm, I'm in the market for an indifferent cat. <laughs> is your is your definition of evil like proactive, or is it just a lack of something? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. Um, anyway. Uh, so he he turns up at his publisher's place in uh, I think it's Montreal, um, and the publisher's played by Ray Milland, and uh, he, he's 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 trying to sell him on this manuscript, and uh, uh, and then uh, he goes through the manuscript and he picks out various instances of evil cats, and uh, that's the uh, that's the frame for the movie. So the first one is London, nineteen twelve. We've got uh, Susan Behaligon. She plays a maid to Joan Greenwood. Um, she was in the Ealing comedies. Okay. Um, and uh, the, there's some nastiness <clears throat> going on with, um, uh, you know, the, the woman's rich, but she's not long for this world, and she's really into cats, and uh, so so the. These, Young couple want to knock her off, and the cats take revenge. Well, the mm. cat, the cats are going to so, be like the the. Are cats yes. really evil then? Yeah, that's that, yeah. is that evil? No, I think that's the, the cats acting as <clears throat> forces of justice. Yes. Well, no, they're 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 going to be the beneficiaries of the will anyway, so yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah they're going to inherit all the wealth because like, yeah. her actual sons are you know a bit of a twerp and yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like the cats getting all the money. So uh, the next one is Quebec, nineteen seventy five. Um, you've got uh, Chloe Francis Hayden uh, is, is this girl and then this, this family adopts another girl and uh, uh, so Chloe Francis Hayden she's, she's in loads of these anthologies like The House That Drip Blood mm. um, where she plays a girl who's into witchcraft mm-hmm. but in this one she's not and the new girl who's adopted into the family is Oh. She's the daughter of a witch, and she's brought her magic books with her. And uh, she's played by Katrina Holden Bronson, adopted daughter of Charles Bronson. Oh, no kidding! And oh. Uh, yeah, so she she's a 
she plays Lucy, and uh, so the the girls and you know the 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 uh, uh, Chloe Francis Hayden girl doesn't like her at all, and and is trying to set her up and uh, mm. get rid of her, and uh, and there's a cat based revenge in that as well. So that's not exactly evil either. Yeah, no. Um, and then the the third story is <laughs> Hollywood 1936. This is more campy. Um, this one you got uh, Donald Pleasance playing Valentine Diaz. <laughs> and he's uh, he, he's he's having an affair with Samantha Egger, and uh, I think the producer on this movie is like 1930s horror movies making is uh, played by John Vernon, uh, so it's got a pretty good cast. But um, uh, yeah, again the the cats are settling, you know, bringing justice, okay. settling the scores, <laughs> um, dealing out their own brand of justice. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Overall, it's pretty un- underbaked uh, attempt to make cats scary, you know, because like you look at a cat, it's like, oh no, it's a cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, what, they can throw all the shadows and scary music they like at it, but it's just like a cat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's all right. You know, you get to see Peter Cushing again. Sure, that's always good. Yeah, uh, and then because uh, it's uh, Women in Horror Month, and uh, in a, you know, on our ongoing quest to prove that women are evil. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Cushing has written a book. Yeah, so uh, this one's called Prevenge. Oh, okay. I've heard, heard of this, this one, no. but we haven't watched this it. This is from 2016. Uh, this is uh, written, directed, and starring Alice Lowe, who was also eight months pregnant at the time. Uh, filmed in Cardiff. Um, so she plays this uh, pregnant widow named Ruth, who is stalking and slashing those responsible for her husband's death. And uh, she's getting instructions from her baby, or so so she believes. Ooh. Uh, I think you'll like it because it's a really dour, miserable black comedy. Um, I'm smiling uh, already. Sounds good already. (laughs) Um, uh, It is quite funny. My favorite bit is where... um, one of her victims is, uh, they're, they're all into climbing. So all, most of them are quite fit. One of them is definitely not. But breaks into this person's home and uh, this person's like really into keep fit. And uh, so they, they, um, all she's armed with is a knife. But this other person's got like boxing gloves and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a scene where she's like in the kitchen. She's like, You're going to use those? And she starts talking about how she should like defend herself and uh, you know how to take pain and stuff like that. And yeah. she's just like chatting away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it's got black and white clips from this uh, 1934 movie called uh, Crime Without Passion. Hmm. No, Have you right. seen that one? No. Uh, it's got um, Claude Rains. Oh, okay. But it's got. This, you should check it out. It's got these like uh, definitely the first couple of minutes. And there's like two or three sequences which like uh, they brought in this like Russian filmmaker who who did all these like uh, special effect like montages, mm-hmm. fantasy montages, and uh, uh, they're really awesome. But um, they so they use those clips because the they're the the Furies. Mm, okay. And uh, and uh, Prevenge also takes, it also refers to uh, the uh, Eumenides, which are the okay. the Greek Furies. Yes. Um, and she also dresses up as the uh, the Mexican Mother of Death. You know, um, oh yeah, name Lala Santissima Muerte. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, that one. 
Uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Um, I thought it was more interesting than revenge. 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 Preventive revenge. <clears throat> yeah, Alice. Yeah. Like, Alice, you probably you've you've seen her in. Uh, she's in Hot Fuzz and mm, she's in yeah. World's End and she's in loads of comedies. Oh, okay. Comedies, uh, yeah. British comedies. So, um, yeah. All right. Cool. Good to know. Okay. What was the what was the one you were telling me about last night? That the that the uh, the description sounded great, but oh, what was it? Velociraptor. Oh, Velocipaster. Velocipaster. <laughs> it's about a shape shifting pastor uh-huh. who becomes a uh, raptor, like a velociraptor. Uh, yeah, watch the preview. Not not looking like a great movie. Oh, okay. It's kind of that Such deliberately a good crappy concept. Yeah, deliberately crappy Sharknado-esque thing. I think the, uh, the gory cut of Tammy and the T-Rex is on Shudder now. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I saw Prevenge on Shudder, so... Oh, yeah, okay. I've, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, we've all got Shudder here. Prevenge has just leapt to yeah, I a think high so. spot in the watch list. <laughs> <clears throat> so, that was it for your recently watched? Yep, yep, yep. Now, um... You mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago that, you know, Rob Zombie needs to just knock it off and remake Race with the Devil. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me that either I haven't seen it since I was a kid or I've never seen it. Same diff. Um, I'm pretty sure I've never seen this. So you loaned it to me and uh, I watched it. Now, this, of course, stars um, Peter Fonda and Warren Oates. And uh, Warren Oates, you would know from Stripes, if nothing else. He was the uh, drill sergeant (laughs) in Stripes. Um, Peter Fonda, you would just know him because he's Peter Fonda. Uh, Loretta Swit, wasn't she Hot Lips yes, in MASH? Yes, Hot yeah. Lips. Yeah, from MASH. Both the movie and the series. She's the one of the few actors that crossed over, I believe, from the movie to the TV series. Hmm, I don't remember that. And, Probably the biggest thing she's ever done. Yeah, and Laura Parker, who I don't know. Um, so basically, this movie um, is about a couple of uh, motocross guys who seem to have some money and their wives and or girlfriends and they set out in an rv to go on a sort of a vacation but also a destination in i think aspen colorado where they're going to go do some serious mount or um, motocross stuff dirt biking whatever somewhere along the way while they're stopped and just hanging out kind of camping they see some sort of a ritual which ends in a sacrifice um the women unwittingly turn the headlights on because oh the guys are coming let's let's light their way and then the um, the Satanists or whatever they're supposed to be notice and take chase like drive 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 <laughs> yeah so the movie is basically stalking and or chasing the whole time uh, and if you've ever seen any movie ever that has a cult in it. <laughs> Uh, or group of Satanists or witches, you're going to know that more people are in on it than you think. Well, And, and yeah. they have excellent stamina. Yeah, and a, a network that's so far-reaching. It, it includes little old ladies and small children and probably cats, you know, if you know cats. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So this movie is, um, Will, you'll be glad to know it's 88 minutes long. Yeah, okay, so, good. Yeah, it's right inside right the Barnes inside Limit. Right inside the Barnes Limit, that's yep. good. Um Something important that came up, and I will say it, it looks and feels a lot like a made-for-TV movie. Um, for some reason, it came across that way to me. Uh, they weren't into the thing of everything crazy that happens happens in slow motion, because that was a thing in the 70s. 
to be very concerned about. What was it, 74, I want to say? Warren Oates was in a bunch of Sam Peckinpah movies. Yeah. He was one of his regulars. 75. He probably, probably told him to cut down on the slow-mo. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Sam Peckinpah? Yeah. <laughs> Pump the brakes on the slow-mo. Um, so this one I thought was, it was a lot of fun. But this could use a remake. I think it would be really mm. cool. Now, if anyone has ever seen Rosemary's Baby, you know how that one ends. You know, this this kind of... You get some of that same, oh, there's more of them in on it than you thought. Yeah. And mm-hmm. But then again, you have to wonder, you know, as you watch the characters, are the characters just getting paranoid? Like, everything that's wrong, they think it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the cult doing it. You know, the phone is out. Must be the cult. Must be the cult. Maybe it was. And I think it turns out everything that everything that went wrong was the cult. Must I, be I think that's kind of what's going on. Um now, it pointed out something I almost completely forgot to say about the 70s. You know how we talk about how killer bees were a big threat? Oh, yeah. And uh, we were just getting past quicksand being, you know, the biggest threat there is. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we right. discovered that it was, was inactuality killer bees. Mm-hmm. Rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rattlesnakes oh. were going to come and get you in the 70s. They must have retreated since. But there were um, the, the Satanists put... Uh, a uh, couple of rattlesnakes in the cupboards of the RV. And yeah. Those Satanists. <laughs> yeah. And their rattlesnakes that they rode in on. And also a, a, a dog dies. Oh, yeah, that's true. There is a, there is a, a very unnecessary death of a, of a small dog. But Satanists did that all the time in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of that was their jam. That was their brand. <laughs> you know, the seventies were really great. I, I long for that simple time when our threats really were like quicksand, killer bees, mm-hmm. rattlesnakes, <laughs> Doberman pinchers. I remember the the, the, the one the one perceived threat that my dad had about us going to the movies when we were kids: weirdos in the bathroom. <laughs> Weirdos in the bathroom. Watch out. Yeah, watch out. If there's any weirdos, just don't go in there. And, and uh. Uh, you know, I think that might have been more imagined than real. But if you're a weirdo hanging out looking for kids at a movie theater, where would you hang out? In the, the bathroom. bathroom. Or, you know, near the concessions. The weirdo yeah. bathrooms are clearly marked. The weirdo bathrooms <laughs> well, are on the second yeah. floor, yeah, sir. These days. You go in, you're like, sir, are you a weirdo? I think no. you're, the, you're in the Come wrong bathroom. In. So, um, yeah, Race with the Devil, Rob Zombie, go remake this. Um, it's a good ride, though. Yeah. It's a shame we revoked Rob's movie-making license. But <laughs> He's in director right. jail. <laughs> He's allowed to do that one. That's actually a Hollywood term, director jail. Oh, is when, it? When somebody has a real bad failure um, and they can't get any work for a year or two Lock or five. him up and throw away the key. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I was in director jail. Um, So let's see. Yeah. I watched um, the Bridgewater Triangle, which I didn't write the date on here, but I want to say it was from about five years ago. I was listening to a podcast called the Paranormal Podcast, and there were a couple of filmmakers on who made a documentary about this area in Massachusetts that they said, well, in the 70s, when some other person kind of, you know, gave this its moniker, uh, they just thought well bermuda triangle it was such a big threat in the 70s if we another if we, another, <laughs> another ancient threat it was gonna come and get us <laughs> bermuda triangle full of killer bees um 
And uh, as I pointed out before, Evil Knievel and Muhammad Ali were our only hope. Right? Yeah. yeah. They, they were the only ones that could but save you us. Could, if you could jump over said threat with a dirt bike, then, <laughs> right. you know, you had You hope. could defeat it. <laughs> right. So um, Bridgewater Triangle, uh, they, they picked three different towns and they said these are the points of the triangle. Inside that triangle, a lot of crazy paranormal stuff happens. Not just one thing or another, but all of the above was happening there. And so they went and interviewed a lot of people and talked about a lot of things and uh, had some archival footage and some new interview footage where they talked about. And there were some, some cults that were operating out of the area, too, in, in one area in particular. And there were some... Where sep- weren't cults operating in the 70s? You know, <laughs> the theater bathrooms was the only oh, place. Yeah. The weirdos kept them at bay. <laughs> It's like, there's weirdos in there, and I think they've got killer bees <laughs> in, in, in like a jar. And definitely oh, no. a rattlesnake. Yeah. Basket with a rattlesnake, jar full of killer bees, weirdos in the bathroom. <laughs> and you're running from the movie theater screaming, and there's a big pool of quicksand in the alley. Yep. That's how it ends. Yep. I, I and, knew. and it's even worse if you're in this triangle. Oh, sure. You're not, like, yeah. not going to get away from any of it. So the Bridgewater Triangle, um, I don't remember if it had Mothman in it, but it had some other. It had some big birds known as Thunderbirds. Oh, okay. Some, some Bigfoots, some UFOs, some cults, some weirdos. <laughs> some weirdos. interesting geography going on here. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting stuff. Um, that's, other than a couple more episodes of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. <laughs> Other than that, uh, that's it for my recently watched. Are you waiting? Are you watching the latest season of Sabrina? Yeah. Okay. I think I've got a couple episodes left. Yeah, I haven't started that latest. Yeah. Yet. It's it's so dark in in uh, mood and and lighting. I get sleepy watching it. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, I think I just need more rest. No, maybe. <laughs> reading knocks me out. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, knocks me out. Um, but yeah, Midsummer was the other one. Now this one we've talked about for a while and I just was going to rent it and then decided not to, and then saw the preview and we talked about doing this movie and I said, you know what, I'm just going to rent it. And I went on and it was free on prime. Well, included on prime. Yeah. So I watched it and I liked it. Uh, just the cover art alone hinted to me that this is going to have something similar to the feel and the story of Wicker Man. Yeah. Yes, it the, does. The cover does look like Wicker Man. It feels that way, doesn't it? It gives you that, yes, yeah, definitely. Like you don't know anything except half of this girl's face, and she's wearing um, what in Hawaii they call a hakule, but uh, uh, a crown of flowers. Crown of flowers, yeah. yeah. A flower crown. Yeah, she's the May Queen. She, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a descendant of Wicker Man. Yeah, for sure. A less campy descendant, but definitely a descendant. Mm, well, depends on if you're talking about the original or the Nicolas Cage classic. <laughs> well, you know, we know which one Jolien defaults to. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> now, speaking of which, we'll get to this later, but there is a tie-in. He played the bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you waiting for him to wake up in the flames and run out punching women? I was. There, I guess we don't get to it later. We got you to know, it first. <laughs> how Nicolas Cage would have played it. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask, Jolien, when you were watching this, how far into it were you before you said, 
I'm getting some Wicker Man vibes off oh, this. immediately. <laughs> right. Before, yeah. it, before it started. <laughs> when you saw the cover art. Yeah. You're like, hmm. I, I still like the Wicker Man better. Yeah, um, yeah the original, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I just feel I wasn't convinced that they'd get away with it at all mm. in this movie. Like, they kill like, a whole bunch of Americans. Yeah. That's always a big fuss. Yeah. Oh, sure. And you know, the, you know, I can imagine the uh, you know the Swedish police are really into murder, mm-hmm. and uh, so they they turn up and you know they look around and there's a foot sticking out the flower bed. You know, there needs to be a crossover. I cannot remember, but there was a Swedish pardon my murder mm-hmm. that I oh, watched. Was it? Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Um, it was a mopey detective. Mm-hmm. Was it George Scott? No. No, is that, is that even Swedish? Was think, it the Kenneth Branagh one? Yes, yes, that's it. Well, I mean, there was a Swedish version, and then mm-hmm. I think they made either an English or an American yeah, version. Yeah, it's quite a And few. he's, you know, he's a gloomy Swedish detective. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they should do a crossover series oh. where that character... Investigate cults. Investigates cults <laughs> in, you know, the remote areas of Scandinavia. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got you got the vibe right away oh, yeah. that this was this was a Wicker Man. Um, it was in, in in the mindset of that sort of thing, which brings to mind the question: Is the loss of cultural identity such a bad thing? <laughs> the loss of tradition is this so bad? The, the movie says it is that, because she's yeah. She isn't free fall because you know she has no no support. There's no sure. Her, yeah, once her immediate family was yeah, gone, she finds meaning in ritual. Yeah. So, I guess maybe that answers the question on, in in one mind, you know, in one mindset. But um, are the old ways always so good? Look, people, it's only every 90 years. You need to all calm down. No, okay. And if you're Danny, you're the May Queen. Everything's coming up roses, literally. <laughs> yeah. But then it's not every 90 years that you have to leap off a cliff and then get your head smashed in with a big mallet. I have a You are old about anyway. That. You can either leap off the cliff or go to a nursing or home. Or run for president. Or run for president. <laughs> The, the oldest Maypole ceremonies in, in the UK are up in the, uh, right up in the northeast of England. Oh. Uh, yeah, they're the old one, oldest ones, and they, like, replace the pole every three years, I think. Interesting. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, and, and even in the Scandinavian rituals, it's just, like, eating herring and drinking. There's no, yeah. They're not sacrificing. No. Eating and drinking <clears throat> is, usually is like yeah, the number one ritual activity. The, the herring anyone. gets sacrificed. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, this is like picking gory bits from stories of Vi- what Vikings got up to, or, or you know, <laughs> you know, um, uh, none of which is proven. You yeah. Know, it's just. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then like jumping off a cliff thing <clears throat> and stuff like that. It's just. Yeah, it's just colorful writing. Yeah. I did like, um, I mean, since we're on the topic already, fast forward way ahead, um, one of the kids that dies, we find him in the chicken house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's gotten this thing that, oh, I, in all my, you know, super accurate stories about Vikings that I read, 
um, <laughs> yeah. is like a blood eagle or something yeah, where they pull your lungs out your back. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he sort of looks like he has that going on, although he's also covered in flowers and suspended from the chicken house roof. Mm. Um, and so I noticed that and I was like, oh, nice, nice nod there to a specific style of sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, it's referred to in text, but, you know, there's no... Right. I, I'm not trying to say this was common or real or... Well, it's the same with the Wicker Man, you know, they have like a human sacrifice in the Wicker Man, but that was like something that was alleged by the Romans and... Yeah. Uh, and that's always a really convenient accusation yeah, to yeah. allege against your enemies or people you don't like or people you'd like to think you're better and more <laughs> developed than. Absolutely. You know, they they sacrifice other people mm-hmm. or eat them. Mm-hmm. They eat them, yes. Yeah, cannibalism's a good one to mm-hmm. pin on somebody else. Maybe the negative um campaign ads this year will have accusations of <laughs> cannibalism, <laughs> cannibalism and human sacrifice. <clears throat> Yeah, I have Bernie to. Bernie Sanders once ate a roommate <laughs> after being trapped <laughs> in, in a Ver- snowstorm. In a snowstorm in Vermont. Yeah, that's that totally works. Vermont, they yeah. get a lot of. They got a nor'easter. Anything could happen. <clears throat> so um, this is this is kind of. Uh, I feel like it's a companion to the witch in in a sense, because you've got. A different, you know, things that come from a different time in this case. Mm-hmm. But in the case of the witch, you've got, you know, we're we're peeking in on a different time and different ways and different traditions that are secretive and in the woods or or far away from civilization. And it's a fairy tale in a lot of ways. And that's something that um, there was a um, a person on Vox.com, Alyssa Wilkinson, wrote about. How the um, the end of Midsummer shows that this has been a fairy tale all along is what she says. She she uh, she purports this to be the case and gives a bunch of supporting facts. And um, there's a clue early on, and I don't know if you caught that um, when Danny is lying on her bed. There's a painting with a bear in it. Yeah, you caught that. Oh, okay. the, the, well, the whole movie. Yeah, the entire movie isn't that yeah. mural. Is, is full. I mean, you see everything, and this is what, I don't know if it's the part I like best or if it just kind of kills me about the characters, especially the American characters, is everything that happens is practically painted on either the laundry, <laughs> that mural, right. tiles on the wall. You can just sit there and be like... It's not foreshadowing. It's just spelling it out. They're spelling yeah. it out. And they're the only people who are dumb enough not to notice. <laughs> It's like we all said about uh, when he first saw it. It's like uh, if you've seen the Wicker Man going in, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's uh, but it's just the pleasure of watching the events unfold. Done really well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It reminded me of a like cannibal Holocaust exactly. kind of thing, except instead of going to a poor village in the Philippines or something, South America or wherever mm. that they want to other people, they uh, right. They set in Scandinavia, which I right. I liked a lot, you know. Yeah, in, in midsummer you have a you have a couple of guys who are studying ethnography. They're anthropology grad students, which just makes it even more delicious. Like you you you, di- you didn't look at that painting at all, did you? You right. dopes didn't notice no. all the signs. <laughs> so, but in uh, kind of a Holocaust, you've got it. Basically, it's a Mondo team who are going to set up various atrocities themselves in order to make a sensational documentary. Yeah. Okay. So they're the ones committing the crimes all along. Mm, yeah. 
So that it is different in that way. But the other movie this reminded me of in the second viewing, okay? <laughs> this is Logan's Run backwards. Oh! <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, other than the obvious one of uh, offing the old people, what else? Yeah, so it goes, so you have the, the old people uh, being, you know, they have to commit to killing themselves at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I think it's 72 in the movie. 72, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Logan's run their 30 in the movie and 20-something in the novel. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and then you also have a relationship that, that builds over the course of the movie, but in Midsummer it unravels. Okay, yeah. Nice, nice. And they're also, in Logan's run, they getting away from somewhere and then returning to save everybody. But in this, in midsummer, they're going to, they're somewhere. going into somewhere and and dying. And dying, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I can see that. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> but you know, Logan's Run. It, it, it just occurred to me because it's another movie about a, a ritual uh, in a contained society where people are expected to die off in order to preserve the society. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So this. Um, the young guy who ends up uh, filleted in the chicken coop. Um, Simon. Simon. Okay. Um, what was the, what was the other kid that they end up wearing his face? Um, Mark. Mark. Okay. Um, these two are actually every one of them that gets dispatched gets dismembered or filleted or set on fire or something. Um, as the movie goes along, I started thinking, okay. I feel like this is going down the road of Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get like maybe something where we get the different elements? You know, are they going to drown somebody? Are they going to, oh. you know, bury somebody alive? Are they going to just kind of, you know, right. earth, wind and fire us through this thing? <laughs> and it didn't end up that way, but there, there was a lot of uh, filleting and dismembering and whatnot. Um, I, the one kid I was like, is that that kid from that one movie that I can't think of the name of? Sure enough. Um, this kid, uh, Will Poulter, uh, uh, he was in We're the Millers, which was a, one of those really dopey comedies that you, you either watch it or you don't. <laughs> and I did. Okay. So it came out in 2013. I'm like, okay. this kid with a jackassy face, where, <laughs> uh, he's that kid from that movie. And I looked him up and yeah, that's him. And then um, the other one looked familiar, the one that ends up in the bear costume. Uh, the actor's name is Jack Rayner. Um, he was in uh, something I didn't see, Transformers Age of Extinction. Hmm. So he somehow got work after that, which I thought was kind of remarkable. It's <laughs> so probably, you know, he probably really needed a more arty movie after that. You need you redemption. Know? You need some redemption. I thought he did a great job in he, this. He did. Um, He's from Longmont, by the way. That's what I heard originally, but they moved to Ireland when he was two. So, yeah, that's how that one went. Yeah, he was he was born in Longmont and lived the first couple years of his life in Boulder. So, yeah, there he is. But what did he do? Let's see, what did he do? Born in Longmont. Yeah, Uh, after let's see, after he did Age of Extinction. Oh, he did a Royal Night Out, Macbeth. Sing Street, Free Fire, The Secret Scripture. Nothing any of us have seen. Mm. Seen the Macbeth one. Oh, okay. Mm. How how did he do in that? I don't remember in that. Uh, He played Malcolm. 
Oh, we all remember that part. Yeah. Malcolm, you know. And that's a that's a lead. <laughs> Let's see. He was in uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Hmm. Interesting. He was in the Impossible Planet episode. On the basis of sex and Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, he played Brother Wolf. It was a mocap thing, so he wasn't literally physically in it, but... His voice was. By means of ping pong balls glued to his face, mm-hmm. he was in it. Um, so I guess uh, Andy Circus's job is probably safe. Um, but the cast was good. I thought that, uh, like, we'd seem like we had dozens and dozens of unknowns... Mm-hmm. who were actually Swedish or at least of Swedish descent and looked the part. Absolutely. And I know I thought the cast did a really good job. The acting was really, really good. Yeah. Like I believed everybody, um, you know, especially the bumbling Americans, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> also known as Americans. Americans. <laughs> we, we, you know, we bumble our way into a lot of fish out of water situations. Well, you're movies. American. Just jam your way in there. Yeah. He that says was, in the film. That was a great line. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, don't learn the language. Just come bumbling in and jam your way in there. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's our brand. <laughs> this was another one that was shot really beautifully. There was just so many beautiful scenes. Now, that's the funny thing you mentioned that because like Julian pointed out when we saw The Witch that it had a very low ceiling, so to speak, and it gave you this claustrophobic vibe. Everything was kind of overcast, but they didn't even bother showing you the sky. They just dropped the ceiling way down on you. This right. one, everything is, it's noon and there's the sky all around you. Like you're, you're basically waiting for uh, the sound of music to start. Right? Like just based on the <laughs> landscape and the lighting, you're like, nothing bad could ever happen here. No. No, and you know they're they're doing uh, some homemade version of Ricola, you know, oh, yes. in the form of a drink, <laughs> just mashing up these herbs and mixing it into water. A bit of pube, it's, yeah, yeah. The occasional, yeah, the occasional pubic hair, and, and 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 you know when you don't know that your drink is a different color than everybody else's drink, and you're yeah. just like, Ooh, la, should la, be la, fine. This is yeah. fine. Did you guys notice the special effects they did on that dude's eyes? How weird and dilated and yes, yeah, tweaked out his eyes got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the breathing flowers. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. Like yeah. So the fish out of water thing, and and you know the seclusion thing. Uh, these these are like really nice elements when you want to just kind of bring the fear in nice and slowly. I think, like. Okay, we're walking and walking, and it's like miles and miles out into the boonies where all of this lovely stuff is going to happen. And they finally get there, and it's like, you are so far from anything you know, and you probably don't know the way back. Yeah. This is why we live in cities. Yeah. But then here's this precipice from which something is going to happen. Oh, old people dive off of it to their death. Mm -hmm. Or almost death, and then they get death by mallet. Well, you know, <laughs> bad landing. I'm going to have to help you out. Mm. Yeah. So um, so we talked about Cannibal Holocaust. What are some other fish-out-of-water situations for the casts of movies? Well, um, I mean, before the American Empire, it was the British Empire. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, most Hammer movies are concerned with colonial sins. Colonial yeah. sins. <clears throat> yeah? 
just wandering into different cultures and making a mess with them and messing now yourself see up. here, you vampires. Bring it all back home. Yeah. yeah. We've had quite enough of your neck biting. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. I don't care that I'm in Transylvania. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on there. But let's see. There's and this is... I mean, this isn't like a folk horror. So there's, there's loads of those. Yeah. Yeah. What are some other good folk horrors that we like? Blood on the Devil's Claw. Oh, Very good. Yeah, yeah. Blood of Satan's Claw. Or Satan's yeah. Claw. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I think that should be out. They're bringing it out out. Ooh. Uh, new edition pretty soon. Nice. So you get to see that. Oh, that's looking yeah. nice. Yeah. If uh, you want a, um, well, never mind. Go back to the folk horror. I mean, there's Blood on Satan's Claw. Um, Whatever that one we watched with the raping sunflower. The rapey sunflower movie. <laughs> what? So Will read a review. Will went and read reviews of this movie, and people were like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And I was like, I'm in. they clearly <laughs> didn't see the rapey sunflower movie mm. by those college students from Middlebury or someplace. Where they, they, they put their character on a bus to Scotland. He's going to investigate something. Well, it was well, real low budget, yeah. He encounters a sunflower man. If I can remember in the, the woods. Oh, goodness. If I can remember the title at some point, I'll, okay. I'll bring it back. I shall treat my eyes to it. Oh, yeah. The, noon, the uh, Noonday Witch was another one. Noonday Witch, yes. That was a folk horror. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good, good period, like late 60s, early 70s. It was a good period. So, Witchfinder General. Yes, yeah. Witchfinder General, definitely. Yeah, I think. Um, all, the, all that hippie stuff going on back then made made the um, yeah yeah and cults were big of course yeah. and uh, communes and cults yeah um, it's a it's a popular genre in India as well oh really yeah loads of horror movies concerned with city kids going out and falling oh. foul of, of whatever things out there right. so where would um, Deliverance fall in all of this yeah it's, it's same it's, sort of thing you've got yeah. this sort of uh, community out in the wilds, mm-hmm. and uh, guys who are like very assured and you know and, of their own masculinity <laughs> in the city, right? And and recreating Vietnam in in Upper State New York or wherever it was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, um, was it a horror movie, Deliverance? Uh, I've heard I've heard people argue that it, it was probably. Yeah, um, why not? I guess I've always assumed it was. <laughs> That's right. It was, I think is, I, I think if it is adjacent, it definitely fed back into horror movies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, was it Wrong Turn? Is basically okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Hills of Eyes and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, it's a feedback loop. What this movie I think would make a good companion to is there's a. I don't want to call it more contemporary, but less grittier, less fairy tale like movie called The Ritual, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is set, set in Scandinavia. It's a bunch of British guys who are going to go on a hike, yeah. you know, boys' vacation kind of thing. And they do the same thing they, they get lost in the woods. They find a house. They find bad things, bad, scary, supernatural things in this house. They find people who are in a cult. And it's it's very much a, 
yeah, it, it's sort of it's very different, but handles it's it, they're in the same category of, of mm-hmm. bulk horror. Just no romantic or fairy tale elements. It's much grittier and just more like oh, survival. Shit. Yeah. Survival. If you, you can, know? if you can outrun, yeah, the creature. That's one of the best creatures I've seen in a long time. Yeah, we we covered this one. So and creepy, it, and it was it was a good one. Yeah, we I think we all agreed on that one. Um, yeah, the you know once once you cross a certain line of uh, you know distance and familiarity in into the woods or whatever wilderness it is, then mm-hmm. you you're lucky if you survive. I think this one uh, the biggest difference uh, in Midsummer is that she finds herself or she finds her new family. Right. Um, she but doesn't. She, she becomes part of this community. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't mind it so much. Whereas yeah. Previous movies, they tend to get wiped out, <clears throat> or, or they, or I, someone survives. I was thinking that today that this, uh, the way that she does become accepted, is almost like they're saying the, uh, the inability to deal with grief in the in the West kind of drives her to this cult that. On one hand, you could view as like, oh, now well, now she belongs. She has a sense of of belonging. But then you think this group is crazy. Yes. <laughs> this is an awful group. But our inability to grieve has driven her to yeah. that. Yeah, that's all she's got. Yeah. But are they so awful? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty awful. <laughs> but they're, that's they're coercing people. And... I mean, they they did get some sacrifices by means of trickery. Yeah. They outside leave. of that, they, outside of that, they seem like a, a I very mean, natural right. diet. I'm, they they get a lot of sun. They murder the two people who try to leave. Yeah, well, sure, because it's they like have a, a they have a quota, you know. Was leaving the sin though, or was something they did? No, they were just going to kill him anyway. Oh, okay. That you it's know, like, like Jim, what's his name in Guyana? Oh, Jones. Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's like people wanted to leave, they kill him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the and of course here's two two things about that that a lot of folks don't know, the um, <clears throat> the suicide cult in Guyana. Uh, the Jonestown Massacre, as it's known, two things that people don't know is that it wasn't Kool-Aid, it was Flavor-Aid. Yep. I know that everyone in this room probably knew that, (laughs) but a lot of listeners maybe didn't know that. And the other thing was, there were guys with machine guns. If you weren't going to drink the Flavor-Aid, or Kool-Aid, as people like to say, they were just going to mow you down. Yeah. So I think your choice was death or death. Yes. How would you like it? Death. By snoo snoo. <laughs> but, you know, it's, what are you going to do? I guess I'll drink this. Maybe I get a weak glass of it and I'll right. be okay. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think it was at least sweetened? The flavor aid? Yeah. The sweetener is already in the package, is it not? No, mm. you have to add sugar. Oh. A lot of sugar. Yeah. And then some more. Uh, this doesn't sound like the convenient drink I want it to be. No. Like, rip the packet open, <clears throat> mix with water, done. No. Nope. Yeah, it's not like that. It's two cups of sugar. Just the coloring, I think. Yeah. <laughs> some, some acidic nonsense that yeah. resembles flavor. Mm, mm. Two cups of sugar. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of sugar. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And a little bit of cyanide. Yeah. A little cyanide goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I'm sorry, where were we before we got into all that? 
Uh, well, we were just yeah. talking about, you know, how, or I was talking about how uh, uh, this cult is awful. Okay. Even though she does end up belonging, and there are parts of it they are like, wow, this is, it seems like an okay thing, but they are diet. killing people. They get a lot of exercise and, some and eating them. Oh, are they eating people? I think there was somebody in the meat pie. I was wondering, okay, did they do some weird ritual thing with the dead old people? Did did they take their cremains and mix them into something? I wasn't sure. I thought because they put them in the tree. Uh, you had the tree, then you had all the people who were dressed up at the end. And so then I was like, is the meat pie just a meat pie? Because, you know, I didn't do... When I was watching, I should have tried to account for everyone at the end, you know. Yeah, um, there were a lot of characters to try to keep track of. Right. Yeah, there were a number <clears throat> of outsiders at the beginning, or at least they weren't dressed like the others, besides our group of students. Mm-hmm. But they're all gone by the end, so you have to wonder. You had our group of students and then that couple, one of whom ends up, I think, is the one who ends up in the chicken house. And I don't yep, know Simon. if we ever see her again or if yeah, she's, she's wearing like a... she's at the end. Or if she's wearing a wheelbarrow. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, like, I think they also end up in those sort of disco jumpsuits Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm. Which is just what I labeled their costuming. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Disco jumpsuits. Did anyone notice the, uh, I'm sure you did, uh, how stark the difference was when they would, when they do a shot of, of all the people seated at the table, especially when they were sitting still. And everyone's sitting upright nicely, and then you get um, what's his face, the Christian. Christian, he's wearing dark clothes and stooped forward. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is wearing white clothes and sitting upright very nicely, and he's he's wearing with like navy blue and gray and stooping. And well, so does uh, Danny until she's part of the group, and then she wears white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as she goes off with the women, then uh, yeah, then she. The transition doesn't take long for her. She makes a friend. She has a dance-off. Yep. You know? That's interesting to bring up because when she's watching the old people jump off the cliff, her shirt is very speckled with white. I noticed this view. Uh. And uh, I want, you know, it gets lighter and lighter as she goes along. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Their initial trip with the shrooms, um, where she could see the grass through her feet and all that crazy stuff's happening. Um, the one kid is, is just like, everybody lay down. Yes. He's like trying to, he's trying to control his trip and having no luck whatsoever. And I think trying to control anything that's going on is yeah. just a fool's errand in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't go with it, you're going to end up a meat pie or right. <laughs> in the burning barn or what have you. No, she's like at that point where she's, you know, she's trying to deal with trauma all the time. Yeah. So at that point, she's kind of, uh, she's kind of coerced into taking, the, yeah, the shrooms, yeah, and uh, she freaks out because the grass is growing over her, and then later when she takes the drink, uh, she's like growing flowers herself. She's basically swamping. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see the face in the mirror when she ran into the little shack after she Wasn't was her sister? I don't know if it was or not, but she runs in and, and it's pitch black and she lights a lighter, I think, mm. or a match, and there's a face in the mirror for just a split yeah. second. She oh. gets a couple of visions of her sister. And I, yeah, her sister is f- 
appears in the trees later when they're carrying her on that platform. Did you all watch it twice? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I've seen it only the first time so far. Yeah, we went to it this summer and watched it on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was... I think it was better even watching it the second time because, I don't know, uh, I found Danny's character a little easier to to sympathize with this Mm -hmm. time around. I felt like her acting was really good. Yeah. Whereas the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this, she's doing a good job, but I was kind of like, I don't really like this lady so much, you know? Right. But, uh, I mean, I understand her circumstances there, but... Now, if if um, if she had just let go of Christian and right. and just said, uh, you know what, he's a shitty boyfriend anyway, and he's not being very sympathetic or helpful in in my grief, I've had it. And uh, oh yeah, I'm not going to Sweden with you. I mean that that your your invite was kind of hollow and false anyway, and I'm not going. Yeah. What her life could have been, who knows? But but she really needs someone. She does. Right. And and she I think the problem with that one is I think that's a better thing for Christian to ask about Christian. Like if you said, Hey, Christian, what if you wanted to be a halfway decent boyfriend? Even mm-hmm. though she's a lot and, and, and it sounds like she's always going through a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and you were like, Okay, I I can't go on Sweden trip, guys. I'm going to figure out my dissertation and my thesis or whatever. And I'm going to hang out with Danny for the summer. He'd be alive. She wouldn't be as well off. Like, she... And what is his name? I want to call him Pele. Pele, yeah. 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 Um, He kind of really pushes the Swedish trip on her. He's got it all planned. Yeah, Yeah. he's got it all planned. Like, he's like, I've got my instructions. I got to bring X number of sacrifices. I got to save my cousin. I got to bring some new DNA. This is perfect. I got these idiots. Oh, and her, you know. So there is no version. there's, There's no sequence of events with Christian getting on that plane and going to this village where he lives. Ooh, no, I don't think no. so. I think Christian is doomed from the start. Like, you can ask yeah. that about the other ones. Like, if the the competent grad student... Josh. Josh. If he, you know, if he hadn't have tried to pull a fast one with the book, mm-hmm. you know, you have that open question of maybe you would have made it. Probably not. Because, well, but you have that open question because everybody else does something stupid. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. so Christian, other than being just a clueless American and a jerk, he doesn't really mess up while he's there. Not Except really. that this this one of the, the girls with a light pants license, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, she decides she likes him and his DNA. Right. Yeah. When he, 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 he two times his own girlfriend. Yeah, although he is high on the on the drink yeah, but, and, yeah, and, and he's bewitched. So We were on the drink. I'm not letting him off. Um but yeah, there but but with him it really does feel like oh no, the second Christian sets foot in well, Midsummer if you, you Land. Know, if you're watching this and you think, All right, what happened to the Christian and the Wicker Man? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, he, he he's got a target right on his forehead. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's named that for nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, honestly. And, 
okay, so are they going to are they going to go? Oh yeah, well we need one for their DNA, not you, black guy. I mean, is that is that a foregone conclusion? Well, okay. Well, there's other people who don't make the cut either. Okay. You know, there's the Mark. guy's face gets cut off. Right. There's but um, but there's probably no version of it where they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna, picking you. Yeah. You know, I'm maybe not saying not. they're racist. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> like, saying they're. I don't know that that's the number one thing we have to worry about. These people, like, I don't know, they're kind of racist. Yeah. Like, mm, they're also. It's like you know? mm, DNA or leg as a garden steak. Yeah, murderers and cannibals. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just looking at this group, thinking they want they want to probably keep it white. Probably. I mean, it's so, kind of. <laughs> their thing it seems <laughs> but the interesting thing is you know they they weren't going to save christian or keep christian around no you know That's he's going to make his contribution and then he's going to make his big contribution and danny kind of looks the part to start with she's got the blonde hair and the and the slightly darker eyebrows mm-hmm. and some of the similar features i think she fits right in mm-hmm. just yeah crown of flowers and white gown you're good to go That's what pele thinks too yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He scouted her out right yeah. away. So, what do you think that friendship is like after that? Does, does he divulge this to her? Well, they she knows at the end because they say they oh, they congratulate right. him for bringing that's you know right. her and and all her all her friends that they, were they do great. Kind of blurt it out in front of everyone. Yeah. Don't they? He was like the MVP. She's of this she's in it though. Right. She's not she's not leaving after being the May Queen. Hell no. No, you got oh. Yeah, you, you got know? so much going on there. Pele plays and she's got cards, nothing going. right? And he's got a new girlfriend here at yeah. home. Yeah, he could be the May King. Yeah. I don't think that's a good That's not a good be, thing. Yeah, that's not a good thing. You no. don't want to be the May King. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be the Summer King. No. So between um between uh, what we already knew from Wicker Man and this movie, what do you think is the more horrific uh, sequence of events? I mean, obviously this has a higher body count to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is this more horrifying or is Wicker Man more horrifying? Uh, I find uh, Midsummer has more horror movie moments. Yeah. I, I'd yeah. Yeah. There, there are definitely the moments where. Yeah. Somebody wearing somebody's yeah, face walks man, in. Like, builds mm-hmm. up to one thing. Yeah. Right. One event. And this one, it's got, you know, it's interspersed. There's like gory stuff every so often. We yeah. have the ever dwindling group. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that you arrive with. So I think this was like, uh, this was a slasher movie before Ariasta rewrote it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard yeah, here. And I think Wicker Man is a better mystery because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on. Whereas this, if you've seen Wicker Man or anything, <laughs> you know these idiots are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you're all idiots and you're all doomed. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not an idiot, you're probably doomed anyway. I don't care how much college you got behind you. You're a grad student. Pff, still an idiot. You're an educated yeah. idiot. Even more of an idiot, potentially. Yeah. I, I mean... It was all laid out for them to see. It was everywhere. <laughs> I suppose this is true. And um, we, the audience, get to see it. Are they well, too so cl- do they. Are, they are they walk too, right past it. But like, are they too close to notice it? It's like, oh, everything's covered with this gingerbread looking. because they were all smiling white people. They well, were like, oh. you know, it's, you're, as a cultural anthropologist, you're supposed to be like, 
paying attention to this sort of thing. Yeah, You're not true. supposed to be all like... Your antenna should be up. You know? Yeah, I'm here at a party. They were too cocky, you know, the superiority of seeing a primitive mm. village and thinking you're superior right. to it. Yeah. Right. Smugness gets you killed in these movies. Yeah. It yeah. does. Yeah, for sure. See, Black Sunday, is that a, does that kind of fall into folk horror? Not really? Nah. It's not... Too much of it's set in a castle. Yeah, it's too castle-y, you're right. I mean, you can have a castle in the distance, but yeah, if you go inside the castle, it's not really. You're, you're dealing with ancient evil in in that movie, but it's it's not a society. That's true. Uh, it's not a out uh, somewhere where urbanites are in, encountering a country community. So then, what about Rosemary's Baby? Does that sort of count? No, I don't. It's, think it's in so. a city, but you've got this group i guess that's kind of more under the heading of cult yeah but if the yeah if the cult isn't in a folky setting then i guess you don't really have it hereditary is is pretty much it follows the same sort of uh arc mm-hmm. you've got a cult you've got a, a dysfunctional family which is replaced with a new family but the new family is a bunch of murderous totalitarians yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, I like that his both these movies have like the same sort of pieces mm-hmm. and he's just rearranged them and they're they're a lot similar but they're very different, you know. Right, and right. I think that's really interesting how he's done that, you know, kind of like his interest in cults and family drama and right. grief. Yeah. A lot of grief in these movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we get to be excited about Ari Aster. He's doing a remake next, isn't he? Oh, is yeah, he? I don't know yeah, what he's click, doing next. Let's click on Rosemary's Baby or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe. Seriously? Some big name horror movie he's remaking. Yeah, let's click on him and see what he's got in the in the works here. Um, well, these jerks didn't put anything in here in the Wikipedia page, but uh, if we were to look on IMDb, we or, could... Look up Ari Aster. Yeah. Yeah, his Wikipedia page isn't telling us anything. But um, do, do we pin hopes on him the way we are jordan peele yeah yeah i think I, so i, I would Absolutely. like to think so because between robert eggers ari aster jordan peele and and probably a short list of others we have some hope for some really good horror movies so, going forward yeah. jordan peele i like best because uh uh his the characters in his movies i uh i feel they've got lives outside of the movies oh okay yeah i find ari aster they're kind of schematic i've i get i was i was thinking um, when you're like 15 and you're looking at art, you're really impressed by detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the kid who could draw the most detailed picture is the you know the best artist. Yeah. Um, and I I find with Ari Aster, there's lots of details in the movies that um, it feels more schematic, um, less less rounded universe. Uh, yeah um than jordan peele's um i i'm i'm hoping that you know ari aster is going to make the best movie one of the best movies of the year every time he makes a movie mm-hmm. yeah so i i i have him at really high um hopes um high standards yeah um so i don't think he's made a classic horror movie yet in my in my opinion yeah uh but he will yeah 
um, but uh, you know when when it's I, I felt like uh, uh, the um, the rewards of this his first two movies would be like uh, videos on YouTube pointing out all the details you know, videos saying yeah. oh you missed this mm, I can uh, see that rather than you know uh, someone being able to uh, experience as a, you know, a, a classic movie which says something about the human condition yeah and more rounded characters um, I'm being very mealy-mouthed about it. <laughs> no, no, um, I think that... I, yeah, you, you know no, what I mean? No, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. he's going to make real classic yeah. movies yeah, I of can some see sort that. In, in whatever genre. I, you'd almost say, uh, I don't know, this is kind of negative, but his movies are a little more contrived maybe than mm. than uh, Jordan Peele's as far as characters go. Yeah. I can see that. I think Jordan Peele, um, you know, he, he roots you in a world we know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, so it's easy. You, you just, you don't need to embroider so much because, you know, it's it's a world that you know. And so, and these could be people that you know. And then, yeah, you know, you see what's happening and it's a horror movie. And his are that the whole setup is contrived the whole world is a little contrived um i like it i i I totally dig it i you know i really i'm I'm a sucker for all those details is was the way the information about the characters delivered like jordan peele they'll uh you know what you need to know about the characters they go along just organically interacting with each other yeah Uh, the first like 10 minutes of this summer i found pretty boring because it's people on the phones and email yeah um, you, I mean, it, 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 there's a point to uh, not seeing both sides of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's boring cinema. You're it just, is. You're just giving, getting data. In it feels like text. a very different movie. You know, you. It feels almost like a real switch. At, you know, when they get done with that opening the setup the yeah. setup and the parents die and all mm-hmm. that and then you just it almost feels like a real switch yeah um i don't mind that but it, it is what he how he's doing yeah, i, I, I liked it but um i, I found those opening mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's just boring sure. cinema sure. yeah i kind of felt that watching the second time was like this this isn't probably the best opening mm-hmm. you've got this interesting little bit with her parents and her sister but yeah, I agree with you. That's uh, a lot of phone shots and yeah, screenshots. And too just, much, too much being referred to and not being shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah just laying the groundwork because we're going to move on from it shortly. I think is maybe what he's thinking. I don't know. He's like, oh, who cares how I execute this? <laughs> it's a thr- It's a. It's the opening ten minutes is vital. I yeah. guess it is, but. He's like, you're not going to remember this crap in about 20 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're going to be somewhere else on shrooms. Uh, I can't find anything on here and his site won't load for some weird reason. But this is interesting. Influences on, on the Wikipedia page says, uh, uh, in an interview with IndieWire, Astor listed some of his favorites as Rosemary's Baby, Fanny and Alexander, Persona, A Matter of Life and Death, The Thing, 45 Years, A Brighter Summer Day, Age of Innocence, In the Mouth of Madness, The Piano Teacher, Eight and a Half, and Repulsion. That is quite a list. That's yeah. a, that is quite a list. Yeah. Doesn't like just one kind of thing. 
wide ranging that list. Yeah, I can't remember the piano teacher other than it was dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw it. But uh, Rosemary's Baby, that's kind of telling. I think that uh, that's where his head's at. We're going dark places. Yeah. So overall, though, um, was there anything that didn't work other than the first 10 minutes could have been done differently? Anything else that didn't work about the movie for anyone? Uh, I didn't buy that they'd get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty secluded, though. Would you buy that some hillbillies get away with it? If we're talking like you're in Appalachia and there's, you know. There's still going to yeah. be that. You went down some mountain road that. That some, evidence of them flying there. You, know, you have plane tickets. They probably told everybody they know. Yeah, because you've got to propose a thesis. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Everyone, so you know, your, your faculty knows what you're working on. People know where they were. So, yeah. So I guess the, the the village, the cult, the community, whatever you want to call them, they just have to have a good cover story. Yeah. And you have to have, you know, maybe some regional Swedish authorities who just don't care. There's the Ooh, answer. They're in on it. And don't want to, yeah. They're in on it. Like they're a good, in on it. Just like a good cult. They, they show yeah. them changing out of their gowns and back into their police uniforms. Well, yeah. It was a very nice midsummer. I have to get back to work. Yeah. Uh, there's some messages I have to check back about some missing people. <laughs> I mean, totally possible, right? Yeah. If you've seen Rosemary's Baby, you know. Right, Ari Aster? <laughs> All you got to do is have them be the police. Oh, it's very dangerous, you know, out here and in, yeah. in the rural Sweden. Anything could happen if they weren't ready or prepared. Fall off the precipice, you know? You know, anything could have There's happened. Not even someone there to kill you with a mallet. There's <laughs> something like that. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. Did they remind you, uh, remind anyone of the Who's in Whoville when they were all singing? No. I didn't think, I didn't think of that. Okay. <laughs> How the Grinch stole Christmas? I can see it. Okay. I just thought it was, I don't know. Well, a small detail. Yeah. It didn't matter. Um, so uh, they, they likely wouldn't get away with it unless they had a far-reaching network of people in place. Yeah. You know, especially the police station and whatnot, which I believe they would. I mean, they're on their own home <clears throat> turf. They have, the, they have the home field advantage there. This is true. Yeah. Well, someone like that came along asking questions. We just told them we didn't know nothing. That's they, right. they went down some road. I didn't even see which way they went. All kinds of people disappear here. Revenuers, you know. Yep. Revenuers. <laughs> people, people looking to buy moonshine. Oh. Yeah, I mean, if, I'm just saying, if this was, if okay, replace the, the white gown wearing community, cult, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Replace that with... Uh, a white gown-wearing community. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe has pointy hats. <laughs> less interested in embroidery? <laughs> a little bit less. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, if we're talking uh, cannibals or hillbillies or hillbilly cannibals, uh, they get away Paging with it. Paging Rob Zombie. <laughs> Rob Zombie would make the hell out of that film. <laughs> I think he's missing his calling, for sure. <laughs> But I guess my point is, you get away with it because you're in a horror movie. Yeah. 
and you just give them a bum steer. And if anybody gets a little too curious and comes back around asking questions, they just end up in a meat pie. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, we told him where we thought they went, so he went looking that direction. But there's a lot of bears. A lot of bears, you know. So there's there's the other thing. There's bears. Or at least a bear. None of those college students wanted to sneak out of the dorm and let that bear out of the cage. Yeah. I totally would have. Yeah, there's there's so much going on in this movie. Um, so, okay, anything else that didn't work besides they wouldn't get away with it? Which I'm trying to explain it away with, you know, white far gum. Re- far-reaching network. <laughs> yeah, far-reaching network. That's going to be my explanation for everything from now on. Um, well, since this is Women in Horror Month, um, you, you, so this in Hereditary, you have... Uh, men being emasculated by a matriarchy um, which and or uh, and women becoming powerful by entering into a cult mm-hmm. but then again which is fine but then again it's shown as an evil group mm. yeah I guess you couldn't call them anything but evil and um, in hereditary anyway I know I've, I've mentioned before that like uh, horror movies of the last few decades you have the absence of a magical force for good um, to combat the forces of evil like you can accept like the satanic powers and stuff like that but if, if a horror movie said oh and then God comes along and saves them mm-hmm. that would be laughed off the screen right yeah that I think pushes it to into the realm of fantasy rather than horror. But uh, what I'm saying is like uh, uh, you can, horror movies still, you can have a satanic cult and and the devil doing whatever. Sure, sure. And that's, and that's accepted. It's just another monster. Mm-hmm. But you can't, uh, you know, decades ago, you could have force, uh, supernatural force of good turning up or being employed and yeah. combating the oh, evil. But sure. now you just don't have it. So in, in Midsummer. Um, you know, uh, the their only choices are there's like a, uh, the secular society where mm-hmm. there's no support for grief, right? Uh, yeah, dealing with death, rebirth, and and then the other choice is this cult which will murder you. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I was thinking of this morning. It's like, man, this movie's pretty scary when you consider that there's no way out. You either stay in your crappy western society or you go to your crazy cult in the mountains till you're 72 and then you have to jump right. off a cliff yeah unless you luck out and have you know a, a heart, heart attack, attack at 70 yeah then. so i mean, I mean apart from secular and, and religious you've got like patriarchy and matriarchy yeah both are shown as being awful murderous right, yeah right hmm. that, mm, that grim. Is a, yeah that's um a very current dynamic it seems like mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the best way you 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 brought that up uh, in an earlier podcast was how you can no longer use a crucifix in right. vampire movies. That they've removed that. Oh yeah, you know, Some, someone tool. Just, someone just tells you that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That's yeah. never worked. That's nonsense. It's like all the vampires are now lapsed Catholics, and they don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, they've been there, done that. They yeah. don't care. Yeah, and that's why, like, I think in older horror movies, like The Exorcist or some, you would have had, like, your your 
mystical counterforce would have been like the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have gotten a priest mm-hmm. or a couple of them, you know, and now it's like, well, that's out. Yeah, they can't yeah, help you. You can't do a heroic Catholic yeah, priest now. Yeah. You'd, have more, you, no, you'd have more luck with no. the Frog Brothers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But that's an interesting point. Okay, uh, in things that don't work anymore in vampire movies, was the Lost Boys the first one to do it? Garlic doesn't work, boys. Well, the Salem's, Salem's Lot, you get uh, people, you get the idea of that people have to believe in the cross they're waving. Okay, mm, yeah. yeah. So, like, you get a character who, who, who just picks up a cross and, and they get smashed by the vampire because they have no faith. That's, yeah. tr- that's true, yeah. And, and that is touched on in uh, Fright Night also. Okay. Because um, Jerry Dandridge tells uh, Peter Vincent that you have to have faith for that to work. Yeah. I kind of hate that. Like, I want more <laughs> heterodoxic <laughs> movies mm-hmm. where, you know, it doesn't really matter. Just do the thing. I know I don't care if you believe it because I tell people this occasionally when I'm offering certain consultations. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you believe. Do the thing I said to do. Do the steps. Do the steps. Yeah. And shut up. Yeah, shut up and do the steps. <laughs> Light the candle. Yeah. Just do the steps yeah. the way I told you to do them. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we left this movie, this when we first watched it this summer, we both wondered if this wasn't sponsored by the Catholic Church somehow, because it <laughs> seems so anti-cult-like, you know, like, ooh, these are crazy people. See, you thought this Norse paganism thing, it'd be all cute and pretty, and you'd have a trip to Ikea, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but look what happens. Yeah. You end up as meatballs. Yeah. Yep. I'm never going to Ikea again. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would rather take my chances with the black metal scene. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's Norway or Sweden or whichever one, you know, I would just, any of those countries with all the vodka and the snow. Right. Oh, man. Cheer- so, cheerful villagers are just always, you should just be careful. Don't trust a cheerful don't villager. Don't trust a cheerful villager. No. No, they're they're not going to take anywhere good. No, there's some hidden secrets yeah. behind all the macrame and the singing and all the nonsense that villagers do. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, yeah, things that things that didn't work. Um, that's not a long list. No, no. I mean, no, considering some of the movies we've watched for this show, so Doctor Sleep. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was on. on, on Basically, I was just saying a quibble and a bit of you know, poor cinema at the start. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not yeah. like from that, it didn't break the movie no, for no, you. No, not, not at, all. at all. There are movies that are like favorites of mine that there are parts that don't work at oh, all. Sure. There are things in Hall- the 1978 Halloween. <laughs> you know, some of the characters are just not believable and their dialogue isn't what? believable. Like, totally. Yeah, like, totally not believable. <laughs> and that's okay. I, they, they get a pass. Sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like lots of dumb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you set out to make like a logical movie, you're probably not making a horror movie, right? No, They've probably got to not. Operate as nightmares before they, you know. Yeah. You got to be able to get over that disbelief. Yeah. But apart from that, you know, I, I'm pretty easygoing with things not making sense in a horror movie. No, oh, certainly, yeah, yeah. So. Do we even need to go through the question of do you recommend it? No. 
<laughs> I mean, yes. I recommend it. No, don't ask the question. Yeah, we don't even need to. Obviously, this is great. And oh. uh, I don't know if it did it get any awards. Uh, I don't know if, if that's even covered on the page I have open. Uh, but uh, I thought it said oh, somewhere well, out there. Here we go. I feel yeah. like it should have. Yeah, let's see. Um, it got... Um, Nomination for Best Screenplay. Yeah. At the 29th Gotham Independent Film Awards, whatever that is. I'm going to guess it's in New York. Or Gotham. Gotham City. Gotham yeah. City. Yeah. Batman Presents. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, it's a it's a great movie. I think anyone who enjoys horror who doesn't have to have it be a slasher. Yeah. Still, you get some slasher elements. Like Julian said, it was, it was originally uh, um, laid out that way and... Right, you have a decent body count. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you kill, you kill or absorb everyone. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah, it's horror. Horror fans, I think, will enjoy it. Um, there are some people who it has to be a certain type of horror movie for them to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Does anything supernatural happen in the movie? I don't believe so. No, um, I don't think so. I enjoyed the the folk magic. That was yeah. going on that they were too stupid to notice. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is um, we have some some drug trips and some folk magic, but we don't have any, you know, flying bat children or anything. You no, know, we don't have <laughs> you know. No gods possess anyone. No, no. no this, is, this is all man's relationship with the Mother Earth and yeah. and. You know, how they perceive it and how they go about uh, honoring or, you know, doing the bidding. Yeah. And it turns out uh, really well and not really well, depending on <laughs> your point of view. Every 90 years. Again. Chill. You're right. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone who didn't die at this thing. Uh, They're you know. not even going to live to see another one. Yeah, because you're going to be dead yeah. in you know, less than 72 more years. Yeah. No matter what. They're not going to change that rule. No. Did, it, did any part of that remind you, I'm, I'm sure because of the wooden ball thing, but even before they did that part, that story, The Lottery? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that kind of wasn't, you know, that was in the front of my mind while I was watching a lot of this. It's like, oh... We're getting to a part here where they're going to do something like the lottery. And uh, they literally took a ball <laughs> from a hopper. And went, yep, literally. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it seems like the horror fans can dig it. Yeah. And people who can handle a little bit of gore and like a good, mysterious, you know, somewhat frightening movie. I didn't think it was terribly gory. Like, I have a low threshold for gore so she says but i don't believe it anymore i don't enjoy a lot of gore on the screen unless it's like clearly tempera paint um or you make it pretty the head Um, smashing though that's pretty gory that was nasty but then the rest of it but it's still it's limited there's not a lot of jump scares you know yeah i don't think there were any jump scares no you don't get you don't get very much building of of dread in a very overt way it's just very general and very well lit yes the part where the guy is taking the pictures of of the book the sacred book with his cell phone you're like oh this is dumb you are totally gonna get oh yep that's one of those classic like you're yelling at the screen because you're like 
No, Look in the window. Yeah. Look behind you. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and he got clocked in the head and dragged away by no. somebody wearing a face. By somebody wearing someone else's face. Yeah. So yeah. And no pants. No pants. <laughs> no pants. Did not have a pants license. No. <laughs> it just makes it look like the guy whose face you're wearing is pantless. Yeah. So you don't even have to take the blame. You don't that. notice the face thing so much as the pantsless. The or vice versa. Yeah. You won't notice he's got no pants on because he's wearing someone else's face. Yeah. I guess it's very telling of where your focus goes. You know? You could be like, who was it? I don't know. Some pantless dude. Who was it? So-and-so. <laughs> it was only in the face. It was weird. Uh, anyway. Um, so a pantsless bank robber. You know? Doesn't even have to wear a mask. That's right. You just Donald Duck it in there and... Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just porky picking your way through to another... Porky ro- picking your way through life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're welcome, bank robbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we're not telling people how to make a better movie, we're telling them how to better rub a bank. The pantsless bandit <laughs> struck again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just wear like a red shirt so you're like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess at this point we could call it a show. Uh, I think we covered this movie pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Watch yeah. it twice. Watch it twice. Definitely. Yeah. Can I point out an oddity? My two favorite films of last year were over two and a half hours. <gasps> that is anomalous for you. Yeah. But. You know, if I produced this, I mean, I would consider it successful. But if it wasn't, it would be like $60,000 that yeah. extra hour. Yeah. And, and, and to that point, um, this movie cost eight, eight to $10 million estimated uh-huh. to make. Okay. Um, I don't know why they don't have an exact number. It made $42.3 million. Nice. Box Good job. office. Good job, Ari. Yeah. Keep it up. I mean, obviously, he gets a green light on anything. Yeah. He won't be in director's jail or yeah. director's wicker man. Ooh. <laughs> Paging Rob Zombie. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Shall we call it a show? Let's call it a show. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening. Pants license.